Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 25 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Sneaky Weasel Lager and Hey Y'all Southern Ice Teas, the official alcohol sponsor of the show. As well, our official clothing sponsor, Wrangler Long Live Cowboys. What are you laughing at, Scott? What's going on? You starting over the bank? It's, no, it's it's actually Jason. He just starts smiling and laughing, and then I can't. It's just contagious. Jason is a contagious fella. Contagion, yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> what's uh, what's up, Scott? We'll start with you, Scott Burnback. How's things this week, buddy? Things are good. Things are good, but it is hot, windy, and dry. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. I hate to be uh, I hate to be the whining rancher, but uh, we need to. You're gonna be. I hate to be I'm, that guy, but you're gonna I, but be. I'm gonna be. Yeah, for 100. No, it's uh, severely dry here. We've had lots of. Forest fires going on around here, and I and I heard back home when North of PA is on fire. Eh, Tanner, is that any oh, truth to that? Oh yeah, dude, fuck, she's no good right now. They're uh, water bombers, helicopters, uh, all around like the the pulp mill area, right, right yeah. Uh, yeah. north of the highway there. And yesterday the winds were like fifty k, so just a fucking <laughs> perfect disaster of of badness for a fire, and it was just blowing and. Yeah, you uh, cross the river here, like you look out and all you could just see was red. You could just see the flame and they evacuated all the houses out, out that way. And I know there was water bombers and stuff dropping on houses and all that sort of stuff. So I haven't heard the full extent here. This is Tuesday now. So that was Monday was when it was really going bad. But uh, I haven't heard the full extent today of, of damages or if it's under control or what. But uh, she's full smoky and definitely thinking of everybody and livestock. And oh, I just couldn't imagine fucking... Yeah, having, no having something like that go on, hey, just wipe you out. Where do the bombers? Where do they drop down and pick up the water? One of the lakes, or they can they do it in the river at, at one? Is I don't know. I don't know if they, those rivers are dry. Oh, they're fuck. Especially yeah, like you say, everything's dry and they're low right now, very yeah, very low. Yeah. So I'm guessing they wouldn't be able to to get deep enough. And maybe they could only spots, they, but. they they could only take two loads out of Christopher Lake and it would be empty. Be so. Empty, no. <laughs> yeah, she's crazy though, man, and and. uh you know, when, when something like that happens, you really, you start thinking about like how fast things could fucking change and yeah. you hear the helicopters and the, the bombers and shit flying over and everybody on Facebook and people looking for places for their animals to go. And uh, I know they had to set up uh, safe houses there at the Art Hauser Center, the Chess Leech Lounge and a couple of different spots for, for people to go to. So couldn't imagine thinking of all those people that uh, hopefully nobody loses their home or, or anything like that. But thinking yeah. about all those people. Crazy. Crazy world. Jason Davidson's back. Jason, how you doing there, bud? Big news for you as well. Let's go. Oh yeah, LT, my grandpa. 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 Oh Rowan Rowan Patricia Jean came into this world uh May 13th. So yeah, a few days now. Um got some flights booked out to Kelowna to go visit here in a in a couple weeks. So looking forward to that. Oh shit. You feel, and, old? Uh, you feel older or no? Every morning, man, when I try <laughs> to get out of bed. What are you going with? Are you grandpa? What's your name? Everybody nowadays yeah. has different names for, for grandparents. I'm sure you got something fucking. Well, I can imagine. Yeah, you What's ready yours? for this one? Yeah. You ready for this one? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm Boss Papa. Boss Papa. <laughs> oh, my God. Was that self-inflicted? Did you, did you go out and call yourself that? Did you pick that? What do you think? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Oh, God. You know, as long as you don't start wearing a white suit like Boss Hog off the Duke's Hazards. Yeah. You know, oh, or shit. fit it or fit it like or he does. Fit it. Yeah, exactly. What is yours, hey. Scott? What are your kids? Do they go grandma and grandpa both sides or what are they? Yeah, do they, go? yeah they do. Eh? Yeah. Mine are grandpa and grandma on, on uh, my side and on Megan's side is um, Babs and Papa. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, random, but yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. always gra- grandma burn, grandpa burn. That's how yeah. we always went about it. Uh, Jason, pretty cool. She's named after your mom too, hey? Jean? Yeah, uh, Jared's mom who passed from cancer and my mom, Jean, middle name. Yeah, so nice. it's pretty sweet. Yeah, everybody's yeah, she's just, happy good. oh yeah and she's just a smiling away and she's been sleeping good and yeah she's pretty lucky um she's got a pretty good baby there jordan so you know you know what happens they think it's all great and then they'll start having two and three more so <laughs> yeah right Tanner. and i were slow learners after jackson we should have known that was enough right there. yeah yeah, we went into it with like, oh, fucking have a full family band here, about four or five kids, and then got number two, and it's like, that's yeah, probably good. Fuck. Look <laughs> 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 that. A whole lot there. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Thomas Burr, we got to give a shout out as well. Cousin Thomas lives right down the road from me here. Prince Albert had his first child uh, on the weekend as well. He didn't, though, right? He didn't. He didn't I hope he didn't. I don't know. You never know. Uh-huh. But- yeah, they did. Uh, him and his, hey, and his uh, fiance Alana. So uh, yeah, that was number one for them. Grayson Robert Byrne came into the to the world. So all good nice. on that end. They're still in there. Hopefully, get out here in a couple of days and good to go. So yeah, congratulations to them and then just fucking baby weekend. Hey, eh? yeah, going? yeah, baby. COVID, COVID. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah uh what else jason playoffs you got some insights for us it's been pretty action-packed nhl playoffs are fucking overtimes up. overtimes overtimes yeah um yeah it was uh the washington boston series tied at uh one apiece did you guys see tom wilson hit curtis lazar last night was that when you shot him into the bench yeah, like a like a, like he was shot out of a cannon. <laughs> Wilson's a big, heavy dude. And then uh, our previous guest, Braden uh, Braden Shen, got in it with uh, the captain there. The Avalanche was that a that was a boat. That was a boat. Uh, I watched that before we yeah, jumped on here. There's some punches thrown. Okay, so. right. Good. And then uh, Vegas Golden Knights having trouble scoring. One nothing game in overtime against minnesota so uh i'll tune into that watch chandler tonight uh our boy ethan bear starts tomorrow versus the jets so yeah got uh get some playoff hockey to watch toronto starts on thursday i'll be i'll be tuning into that one as well it's the first time uh in like i can't remember what the year was but that the jets and edmonton have played in the playoffs eh? yeah i think gretzky was playing the last time yeah like Toronto, Montreal, 90s. too. Toronto, Montreal. Yeah. Be a fucking Since, yeah. Battle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going Toronto in five games on that. Yeah. And really, they should four. be able to do it in four. Yeah. yeah. They should be able to squeeze But it'll Montreal. be so, well, there's no fucking fans, but it'll be so cool to, to see them go out. Carolina there. last night, 12,000 people screaming. Oh, it's just oh. awesome to watch. You can see the difference in the guys and shit, too. As much I as guess. you don't say that it's like all yeah. oh, that momentum, games, the guys are just going harder than they ever have, wanting to fucking 
kill it and yeah. yeah. Well, they was, uh, did you watch any billings tatter how the was it right full there yeah, i don't think it was right full there looked like there was some open spots but yeah definitely lots of people there whether they yeah. distanced them a little bit or what they had on the go there but definitely yeah definitely fans definitely lots of folks uh they said the usc fight there was twenty two thousand fans there and i yeah. mean well did you see the mile city mile city bucking horse sale the world famous Mile City Bucking Horse yeah, that goes yeah. on every year. I don't know what they had there, but there was videos and pictures. And do you see? There's a video. Of the, I don't know who the guy was, but he climbed up the what's it? The light standard, like the red yeah. light, green light, whatever the fuck they're called. He climbed it right to the top and was riding it and whooping and hollering. <laughs> All the cops were waiting right at the bottom for him, and then he did a little fucking dance up there for a little bit, and then crawled down. And I seen that uh, he got fined, slap on the wrist, and a handshake or something. But everybody's like, "This what happens when you." So that was where you quarantine people and don't let everybody hang out for a long time. Everybody starts going fucking wild, but it looked like a, a good time. Uh, Stevenson better fucking get her, get her rolling for me here, Jason. I went out with them and uh, took him in my draft. So, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I'll have a chat with them here today and I'll get you a couple points tonight. Yep. Much obliged. Let them know. Okay. Yeah. That's what, Who's your that's pick? What, Who's your guys' Stanley Cup picks? Stanley Cup oh, championship. Wow. It's tough. It's yeah. tough. Like, I, I, it's tough. I don't know. I think it's going to be good. Well, not good to see, but different to see how these guys have all been playing each other. And so you don't really know who has a real wagon of a team, you know, because they haven't played against a different style or a different team all year. So it'll be wild to see once they go back and forth. I will say this. Don't count out Rod Brendan, Brendan Moore's Carolina hurricanes um goaltending there's little suspect maybe um up in the air (laughs) my my uh my draft most of my you know it kind of goes back and forth i wanted carolina uh but he a couple of their top guys got picked right off the hop in this hockey draft i was in so i was like oh fuck couldn't go with them so i'm deep vegas uh i got some boston guys and I got some Florida guys, which is tough because Florida was a fucking wagon coming in at the playoffs. But now they're playing Tampa Bay, which just got Kucherov and Stamkos back. So I don't know. She's not feeling confident? Today. No, not feeling too confident with them. But we'll see. Who knows, I guess. You never freaking know. Yeah, Scott, what do you got? Who do you think? Got I don't know. You, yes? you know, every... I'm just gonna I'm gonna plead the fifth here and just go with I'm picking whoever wins because <laughs> <laughs> all my picks so far when it comes to PBR and anything else I mean it's not bad enough for me so I don't want to jinx anybody I'm just gonna hang out and linger around and cheer hard for whoever lifts yeah. the Stanley Cup this year how does that sound linger around and drink some hey all southern iced teas maybe yeah there you go maybe <laughs> Hey, y'all, Southern Iced Teas. Our tea is always served iced and hard. This vodka-based iced tea is brewed with genuine black tea and lightly sweetened. Enjoy a Hey, y'all, Southern Iced Tea while taking in the main bull riding event or sipping a cold one on the porch. Hey, y'all, Southern Iced Teas, the official refreshment beverage of the NFP podcast. But lost my voice halfway through that one. Yeah, Might have had me a long weekend, boys. That's that's right. That's right. Well, we we pulled Monica... We pulled Monica out the other day. She's getting all shined up, cleaned up, ready to head out to 
places, we'll say. Yes. She's ready, she's ready to go. Oh, God. Ready to go. Yeah. Well, I better go on a sober fucking uh, binge here for a couple of weeks, so I'm primed up and ready for, for that event. Hey, you know, you can't you can't feel bad about, about having a couple Southern uh, – Hey, all Southern Ace teams of the weekend. Number one, your cousin had a kid. Yeah. Number two, your branding. Yeah. So if you cross those two over, that spells drunk right mm-hmm. there. Right. Duh. So okay. yeah. <laughs> number, yeah. number three, it's dry and dusty. Yeah. yeah. And there we golfed. Go. Me and Bo, my brother Bo came up and we golfed oh. twice. Oh, yeah. Where'd you twice. go? Where'd you go? We did Birch Hills, and it's just a nine-hole course, but we were the only ones out there, so we ripped it twice and uh, there's a couple of nice, there's a couple of longer holes, a par five. It's a nice course, nice little course yeah, out yeah. there. And, uh, so we did it twice. We were about the only ones out. So we ripped that one on when he first got here. And then on uh, Sunday again, uh, a little bit hungover and tired, figured we had to get out and do something, not just lay around the house. So we went to cook and cook, uh, cook municipal and Prince Albert is in pristine shape right now. Best did that I've seen it? in a long time. Did you play? Did you play like a bunch of hungover fucks out there or what? No, because golfing, as you guys probably know this too, it's similar to bull riding, like where when you get your mind out of it and you just fucking react yeah. and shoot, you're better. So yeah, no, usually like that's why. That's why I usually have a couple cold ones prior to. Yeah, do yeah, you just got to get just your take mind the edge out of off. there. Yeah, take the edge off. It's science, obviously. It's science. So. <laughs> it's proven. It's proven. And I got an eagle. I got an eagle. Uh, three on a five, the one day. So wow, no that, albatross. That no albatross. Yeah, no albatross. But nice little eagle action there. So I made up for it. Fucking bullshit. No dude. shit. It was fucking. Yeah, that's probably. I mean, I fucking double and triple bogeyed most everything else. But when I, <laughs> as you know, when I pull it out of a hat for one hole, yeah. somehow I can make it count. Oh, some random yeah. reasons. So. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, that was good. So yeah, me and Bobo had a had a fun weekend. Regroup here for the week. Um, Billings. Did you guys get to get to watch any of of the Billings event? Well, I watched our bulls. Highlights. I watched our bulls. We had a pretty good showing. Uh, Lindsay's bull, Carrier Cartel, uh, third highest mark bull. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't know has. That 609 Diamond Show of Nansen's, I don't know. Has he been or I don't know if I've He was at Grand Prairie, Grand Prairie last year. He I was, called okay. Nansen after that because Diamond Show of Nansen Volds was out the first day along with a couple other Nansen's and Eno's, Darren Eno's homegrown was out also that first day. Uh, and so I phoned him after it was done. I was asking him about that book because I didn't remember him either, but he said, yeah, he was up at. at he was in Grand Prairie? Yeah. yeah. Bucker Buck. Under that yeah. name? I think so. Must have been. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, did, yeah, did, did, did Vertigo's five, uh, both Blaine and Daphne raised. He had a good out too. So, yeah, well, did everything yeah, come home? I don't know. I wonder. I, I haven't talked to Nansen since, but I'm guessing there's a few of them that stayed down there. That bull, that uh, Carlier Cartel, I'm guessing, uh, will stay down. He had two good outs there. So, so uh, it, it, sorry, it goes to prove again. I was watching some highlights and stuff that Carlier Cartel. Those bulls are mean, eh? Like it, you know, <laughs> that bull threw that guy off, and I mean, those bullfighters float through there, and and it's and like, like Lindsay, eh? Right, yeah, just like Lindsay, don't uh, mess lock, with. Yeah, yeah lock met, on and when the bull, you're gonna get the fists. Yeah, yeah that yeah, fucking bull's mean. That Carlier Cartel, he and he yeah. he means it too. He'll come. Yeah. He plays not the part. His head like, high. He come with his legs yeah. and tripping you up, and yeah. Yeah. He wants Barry Quam used to have bulls like that, like that Sonny James and or Sonny Crockett. He had one, the purple colored one. The bulls would come at you just with their head, like they just 
they wouldn't even hit yeah. you with their horns. They just shoulder you. Yeah, knock you down. down. Yeah. But you know, you notice that on the on the elite tour, those bulls buck and leave, buck and leave more often mm-hmm. than not. And then you, you know, you throw something the Canadian in the, section. Yeah, the Canadian yeah. bulls, and it's just like, okay, they're we gonna remind everybody what we're all about. Yeah. That's right. Oz as well, uh Jason came from uh Blaine and Daphne. That's a very yeah. good song too. Oz. Uh I'm guessing so. J Dub was, was, was there, I think. So oh, he's yeah. been a mainstay on the on the BFT or the monster, whatever the fuck it's called now. Unleash the beast tour. Elite 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 tour. Unleash the beast tour. Unleash the beast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unleash the beast. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of I have to unleash. Scott, we had uh Jose Vitor Leme with the event win. Takes the takes the title again. Guy fuck. We fucking stroke him off every week on this show, but how do you not? Jesus Christ, he just he can't beat that fucking guy. So great. Right? Yeah, you can't buck him off. You can't so buck him off. Cody, no. I seen uh, Cody Teal ended up third or something and won the fifteen and fifteen. He yep. on uh, Whoopa, riding solo, it? riding solo. Oh, so riding yeah, solo, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was my pick there for Bull of the World, riding solo. <laughs> kind of, uh, he was ninety-one and a quarter, won the fifteen and fifteen. Kind of was around the left and then uh, picked it back up to the right. But that's a guy that we don't talk about probably enough. Anybody, he's kind of a flies under the radar. Yeah, taller guy. Maybe Noah doesn't doesn't get those bigger of, of scores but legit yeah. one of the best bull riders to fucking to to ride them you know ever like in my opinion he's won a world title in the prca and he's always in that running as a as a pbr guy for a world title and tall quiet just goes about his business but rides like you if you went back and look at his stats of the rank bulls that he's rode smooth operator some of the best uh, that ever come around he just you know goes about his job he's not flashy he just does his deal and and wins and been around a long time Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, rodeo for a long time and then yeah, came to the PBR. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. So that's good to see. see. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Very much so. And I'm legit too. Jumps back into the world title race for the Buck and Bulls. He was the high marked bull of the event. Another one that is a buck and some bitch that looks cool too. They get the get good scores on that sucker too, popping and spinning. And oh yeah, I love that. I love that. Thing. Do you ever do you ever get a do you ever get uh all fired up and you know as a bullfighter you see the gap and you make the save and it's just all so cool but when you see a bull like that does it ever does it ever make you go down to the basement and get your rope up out and start <laughs> rosling it up again or no no because uh if i was at the top of my game i feel like when i was riding bulls i still couldn't have rode that motherfucker or most of those <laughs> bulls any of them probably unless i get shit-faced and i'll pretend that i can ride smooth operator but um right. But no, man, those bulls, like you watch on TV and it's easy to be an armchair bull rider, or a retired guy. That's like, fuck that one. It looks like he'd ride good. And it's like, well, no, that's a 90 fucking two ninety three yeah. pointer. Like, you know, you're going to have to have your best day for myself. I would have had to have my best day and he would have had to have his worst for me to stay on him or whoopa or any of those suckers that are going right now. That's why I give my hat off to all these guys that are, that are doing it and riding. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's good to see um how good the bulls are nowadays and how good the, the guys are that uh step up to the plate and are riding riding those bulls it's fucking they're wild to see but yeah i, I agree the, the bulls aren't just running away with it you know no no the guys are fucking coming with it yeah double ass rank bulls like you said double ass rank riders so yeah um matching them step for step 
good to see. Very good to see. So yeah, Billings, I was going to uh, chat on that one too. That was always a fun one of, of the year for, for myself, my family, uh, as it's close. It's the only Unleash the Beast event that was drivable for, for myself, Jesse included. Uh, you know, it'd be me and Posse or me and Zane or whoever. We just road trip down there and uh, me and Megan, the wife, we'd usually, you know, the border would be closed to come back after the Sunday perf. We'd end up staying in Malta, Montana at the old hotel there and in Malta, wake up early, get across the border and, and get her on home. But good event. And I think uh, the guys, you know, you've seen a bunch of good bull rides at it. And it's one of those that's kind of before the break. There's only a few events left. So it kind of gives you that second win knowing, you know, let it all hang out there. There's only a few left before the break. And that's always a good, a good feeling knowing that, uh, that there's kind of end in sight on that first half. Cause that first half usually is a, is a grind and you're worn out and you're getting the shit beat out of you a week in and week out. So, uh, Billings is always a, a fun event and a good one for the guys. And once again, they showed up and showed out this weekend and did really well. So. Fun to watch, fun to fun to be a fan of. Yeah, it definitely looks like it's a lot of fun just watching it on TV. You know, it's got that atmosphere, like have some fun. And like you say, guys can let it all hang out because they know the end is close. A couple more events here throughout the year. And then uh, the summer break hits for, for the Unleash the Beast tour. And there's some big events that are uh, already announced that are go-aheads for, for the summer run down in, in the U.S. Nothing up here yet in Canada for the summer with all the regulations still, but other than a few that I'm going to do and, and some of the those uh, events across Canada that could follow a, a, a lower fan base regulation-wise. So there'll be a few, but, uh, you know, Deadwood, Big Sky, that big kind of Montana run. Chad Brigger puts on a bunch of events. Andy Watson. Those ones all are, are on the schedule and going to be going ahead. So it'll be some velocities and a good summer run for the for the guys again. And you, I think you'll see lots of guys rodeoing as well, just due to the fact that there's not a whole a whole bunch going on. So it'll be fun to we'll follow along, keep everybody updated on how everybody's doing on those, those summer run vids because it's always a it's always a good time. Fuck, we used to have fun on those <laughs> summer summer runs. Well, and that's good. I I know you got some. Uh, cross-border events coming up and i mean obviously you'll have to play by the rules but it's just it's good for you it's time to time to get after it and do whatever you got to do to do it and Mm -hmm. um, i'm i'm once again hopefully optimistic that by by august you know that shit's (laughs) flying around here i'm gonna give it i'll I'll be fair (laughs) but uh i know it's this we're we got new regulations or whatever they're going to tell us on the 25th of may here I'm not expecting anything big because it's right after May long, which yeah. we all know what May long is, <laughs> especially if the weather's nice, there's going to be zero yeah. social distancing yeah. and, uh, but yeah. whatever, yeah, uh, it's, it's good. We hopefully get rolling here. Get this, rolling. This, this well, as long as uh, we can, you know, like we say with my event coming up here and, yeah. and there's some details that'll be coming out um, on it as we move forward, but just something there's like, I was, talking to my wife the other day a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel in a sense of just something to look forward to you know without yeah yeah. you know before there was just absolutely you know like there was no end in sight it's like what the fuck are we supposed to do here every day like you know and when can we start making plans or when can we do anything you know so i'm excited and i I know you're excited as well though it's it's those little things like i said earlier we you know getting the motorhome out that really in past years or or whatever getting rid 
it was like, okay, we're getting ready. Well, now it's like, are you kidding? We're getting yeah. this thing ready. Yeah. That means we're going to do something and go somewhere like it. Yeah. Oh God. It's, it's a good feeling. That's like you say something to look forward to. So fuck, let's hit the fucking road. And have some fun, <laughs> right? Let's go baby. Um, Flint oh, Rasmussen God. joins the show today. This will be, this is a fun one. Old Flinto, uh, was a, was a fun guest. You guys hopefully you'll get a good kick out of it and like what, what he has to say. One of the funniest guys in the game, the entertainer, exclusive entertainer for the PBR for, for many years now. And it was a bit of a different interview for him due to the fact that he's usually the one doing the interviews. You know, he's always, he has his own shows and his own yeah. talk shows. And you get to see him all across the world finals, the NFR and all that sort of stuff. So uh, it's kind of fun dig into to Flint's life. And um, he's usually getting the details of everybody else's lives. And we got some more of, of him and the insights and the person that he is. So I was really excited about it. And hopefully everybody will enjoy it. Yeah, me too. I was excited when we, when we got to do it. Uh, I was, you know, I consider Flint one of my good friends, spent a lot of time uh, working him, working with him uh, at the CFR when I first started going there in 02 and 03. And then every year I was at Calgary, pretty much I worked with him. So we spent, you know, 14 days together and, um, <laughs> you know, he's, uh, he, he tells some good stories and, and, you know, like I said, we had a lot of laughs and, you know, a lot of serious conversations too. So I kind of looked up to Flint as, uh, cause he'd been there and done it all. You know, I'd always question him and want to hear his stories and stuff. So yeah. it's, uh, it's good. And plus the guy doesn't really get to talk too much anymore. So we're going to catch up. We're going to hear a lot. Yeah, we're going to catch right. up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, shout out. I want to give to uh, Ty Prescott as well as Aaron Roy last week, me and, and, and those two along with the Ty Pazabon foundation did a little web webinar online, did a, a speech and a, a talk to the young guys and gals on uh, Southern Saskatchewan school division uh, from elementary up to, to high school. And, uh, just a, a mental health talk and um, kind of what the foundation is and, and yeah it, it, it's hard to it's hard to explain like the emotions that you get when you when you do those things right because you, you bring up Ty again and and the uh, the foundation and how great it is and, and uh, you think about those young kids especially right now with everything that's going on in the world and, and how the schools Scott you deal with it with your with your boys yeah. of of how fucking different and how messed up the school system is right now with not being able to go and um you know brought up the memories of being in high school and mm -hmm. I, and the stress that that had on a person enough and then add all this other stuff onto it so uh no it was uh it was a great great talk and um shared the message of the foundation and um you know just let all those young young guys know and and like we talk on here all the time everybody all the young guys that are listening you know it's the the foundations there there's lots of us out here that are that are feeling you and, and uh, mental health is, is very real and very big. And the more we can talk about it and the more we can share back and forth, it'd be great. And Prescott was awesome. He talked about um, substance abuse issues that he's talked about on the podcast before Aaron brought in his injuries and, and broken back and broken femurs and, and all that stuff that, that took a toll on him, not only physically, but mentally as well. So um, yeah, big shout out to those guys and, and uh the, the school's division for, for having us on and, and letting us uh, share the story and share the initiative. Yeah. Good for you guys. I, uh, the more you guys or more anybody can talk about it, the better, but reaching out to the youth is the, is the key thing right now. And, and you kind of touched on it. My kids are homeschooling right now. 
we're back to online learning and it is a battle. It is a battle. This is not the way for kids to learn. You're uh, not a teacher. I thought you were, I thought you were fuck. <laughs> crazy, but you know, it, it is, it's, it's, you got to kind of go back to, I, we have the talk. I'm like, yeah, man, I know this is unprecedented. We didn't have to deal with this. I get being at home and trying to learn sucks because you want to be outside doing stuff, riding, whatever you're doing. But in the same sense, you got to put your required time in to get the grade, right? Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. Uh, it, it's hard on these kids of all ages. I can't, I can't imagine kid, kids that are living in town with a house five feet away. Like, you know, uh, yeah, we're fortunate outside, that so. there's lots to do. But anyway, good. You guys are uh, putting it out there and, uh, you know, helping those kids out or letting those kids know that there is there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So. For sure. So that's good. Thanks for, uh, yeah, to that crew and type Osborne foundation and, and, uh, everybody involved to, to make that happen. Cause I think it is good for, for the youth and, and, uh, you know, for everybody and, and it, you know, able to share Ty's story and like we talked, it's great. So, uh, with that flowers are blooming, the grass is growing. It's time to chop the weeds. Thanks to our sponsor manscaped. You can trim your holes safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers manscaped the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use the code NFP 20 capitalized NFP 20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the other 2 million men who trust manscaped. They are here to make sure you are trimmed and smell nice after all it's time for some spring cleaning <laughs> scott i'm gonna talk about the crop preserver today you tried up so, the crop preserver yeah no yeah. i haven't i haven't oh, but I, I mean dude. after you talk about it i probably will so let's hear it <laughs> let's hear it uh, the crop preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer it's starting to get hot outside and this is crucial so your ball stops sticking to your legs that's right. the worst right mm-hmm. you'll also find the crop reviver. Just about 50 the crop reviver spray on toner for your balls which will keep you smelling fresh down there just like spring flowers speaking of smelling fresh complete your grooming game this spring with the new refined cologne the signature scent from manscaped the stuff is legit and will keep you smelling like royalty that's true the cologne does fucking smell good yeah i uh i put it on and walk in reagan's just like Oh, you got the clone on. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Smell good and feel good this spring. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. 20% off free shipping with the code NFP20, capitalized NFP20, manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping with the code at manscaped.com. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. So I know we talked, I know we talked in the past about possibly doing a live NFP podcast, maybe when we get together at some Mm -hmm. point. And uh, I just happened to be talking to your dad Mm -hmm. (laughs) the other day (laughs) and I said, gee, it's good. It'd be fun to do a live, you know, podcast when we all get together. He goes, yeah, yeah, it will be. I've been fucking taking notes from past (laughs) podcasts, he said. And I I was kind of like, well, you know, what do you mean? He goes, oh, you guys want to fucking chirp? He said, "All oh, I got my notes made. I'm yes. firing back the first chance I get. So, oh, oh man, it should That's be good. good. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, we'll do that uh, here in the next 
coming weeks we got a few more guests and then we'll, we'll try to get some live ones uh recorded when we got some guys up here maybe do a little joint action of some different guys together telling stories i think brock and lonnie together would be would be pretty good brock radford lonnie west and yeah if we can get the boys feeding off each other and telling some good old stories from the road so yeah i think that's a great idea scott we'll have to we'll have to get that done and then yes, everybody sir. will be sitting at home and they'll get to call us out on all the shit that that we're talking mm-hmm. about so yeah i like that's that that's what i like that's, that's good uh yeah once again people we love the the feedback and and the the videos and everybody sending us in we shared the the video of jake gardner on the nfp page that was sent about the practice pen bullfighters if you haven't seen that one, go check yeah, that out that was fucking funny oh i laugh i was like can i share that and he's like yeah fuck go ahead do it <laughs> oh right in the eye just oh worst, oh god i did play moment. that back two or three times first time i watched it, i'm like what the fuck is going on here oh <laughs> oh i see nothing's going on here that's yeah. what's going on yeah so yeah people keep sending all that stuff in and once again we got our hats uh online you can get a hold of me at inst- on instagram or facebook or anywhere that that you can find me to get a get a hat and then we got some uh hoodies and all that sort of stuff online as well you can go check out that so uh i guess too you can find us on youtube uh head over there and, and subscribe to to the youtube page and watch all these through youtube and uh all that subscription and all that stuff helps us to be able to expand more and do more stuff video wise so all the support we can get there too is is much appreciated so perfect thank you housekeeping items done and done we can now flip it to our interview with flint rasmus well it was 1989 my pants were tight my hair was long just started my career as a new clown so long ago it seems back then i never would have dreamed that i'd help bring the pbr show to your town yeah our guest today is the exclusive entertainer of the pbr an eight-time prca clown of the year seven-time coors man in the can the funny man from montana our good friend Mr. Flint Rasmussen. Flint, what's up? <laughs> How are just, you guys? He's just lining up the trophies. Here yeah. comes the hardware. <laughs> I'll put that right there. Good to see you guys. I didn't tell you this before we went. We were talking off the air, and I came to my own set for two reasons. I wanted to pump, promote my own stuff, and plus, I just wanted to look better than you guys. That's all. <laughs> Hey, I have a backdrop. I got a fucking backdrop here. You do. So, I like yeah, your right? Wrangler riding for the brand. You bet. Yeah. And, and JD's got hockey players and Tanner's got a guitar. It fits all of you, really. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, good to, hey, good to see you guys, though. I mean, I miss you. I miss all of you guys. And, well, uh, ditto. Ditto. Yeah. Yeah, like, I I, if, if I could buy a plane ticket to come sit in the bullfighter clown room again, I would I do know. it today. Uh, yeah, it's... um. I don't, I don't know. I miss everybody. I just miss the thought of Canada. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've missed Jesse and Scott. We've spent more time together yeah. in rooms and Jason. So it's just a, uh, there's an element too on the PBR tour with Canadian riders. You guys know, I gravitate to them because growing up where I did, I don't know. And, and I feel bad for Canada. I'm, and I actually was giving our friend Ted Stoven a bad time the other day about, how long are you Canadians going to put up with this shit being locked up? And then I looked, he said, look at our numbers, like around Calgary, it's not very good. So I don't understand it that 
I, I, I'll tell you, I'm no scientist. I'm no doctor, but I'll take a look. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but like the places that stayed locked down, their numbers are worse. Like Texas, you know, they're out in the sun and outside yeah. and it's, and we're doing pretty good here in Montana too, honestly. So, but what a, what a rough year, honestly, it was tough. Oh. It was tough on, I think it's tough on all of us oh, in, in so many ways, so oh, yeah. many ways. So are you, do you, what kind of rules do you have in Montana right now, Flint? Not much right now. Um, there, it depends where you are, like uh, Billings, you know, not really any attendance regulations for the PBR. We don't, we don't throw that out there so much, but there's no mask mandate. There's no uh, attendance policy in bars and restaurants, no hours restrictions, none of that. So businesses uh -huh. can kind of do what they want. Um, but my girls were in Missoula out in Western Montana a couple of weeks ago for their last college rodeo. And it was pretty still quite a few restrictions. So it just depends. It's amazing when you can drive three hours in the same state and things are so different. It, I think that's why people get so frustrated is because there's no consistency to it all. But it's the same here, province to province too. It's the same fight, you know, Saskatchewan is a little bit more open than Manitoba and Alberta's locking down. We're locked down as of yesterday. Kids are now online out of school for the next well, three well, weeks. So Premier Mo, Premier Mo, Premier Mo listens to this podcast, and then he texts me, and he's like, "JD, what do you think we should do?" And I'm like, oh, <laughs> not, "Not what Alberta's doing or Ontario." Of course, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Duh. But, but you yeah. know, and, and not to get off on this, but uh, but like, what's the right answer? I don't know. I. I, I don't uh, know what the right answer is. I, I just know we got to a point. I, I'll say this though. That's a segment on my Facebook live. I'll say this because I say that a lot. You did. Um, no way. That. You know what? <laughs> Shut up. No. If I had Shut a dime up. for every time uh, I heard that in the dressing room. Hey, yeah, I will say, say this. <laughs> I will say this. Um, it's, it's more part of the U.S.'s culture to say, screw you, we're just going to do, you know, we've had enough, no more. And this is just the way, it, the structure of the history of Canada, the the government uh, structure, you know, you're still part of that, what is it, the Commonwealth, British Commonwealth, whatever. Mm -hmm. Our whole country was founded on this, <laughs> you know, yeah. we're going to, we're, you know, and, and not, I don't think Americans, they got to a point where they were being stupid about all this, but it's a different culture of, okay, we know now this many people have had it. This many people are getting vaccinated. We're going, we're going back to work. We're going back to having fun. And then the government was like, uh, okay, go back to work, go have fun, you know? And, <laughs> but I don't, you guys think that it, it is a little more of the culture down here. You know, I've heard up in Calgary, I've had Canadians, joke to me like calgary committee people oh you americans and all your guns you know making fun of it uh-huh yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a real it is part of our culture especially in rural america that i mean that's that's how we became a country everybody grabbed their guns our second amendment is designed to uh, it's not so much for foreign invaders but to stop the government from taken over i mean it's it's just a different culture i think and we're letting the government take us over here slowly it's I can't even get into it. Just every day. Every <laughs> Look at him. Let's get the fuck out of there. Look at Scott just brewing. Uh, Look at him the brewing. Hole. We always, <laughs> yeah. every, every podcast here the last of the while, we've gotten into the rabbit hole and fucking gotten deeper. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no winning. There's no fucking winning. Oh, 
uh, uh, it's like Scott, uh, Scott's like, you know, my friend, Hugh, you damn right. I'm mad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But let's, All right, uh, we're done, we're let's done. get into it. Let's get into the life, the life of Flint, a more, uh, a very entertaining life. The thing with you, Flint is you're always hosting these shows and, and learning and sharing yeah. about everybody else's lives. Correct. And, and asking them questions. So this is kind of a different yeah. segment for you where we want to yeah. know about you. You're obviously a very athletic guy. You can see that in the arena. Uh, I know that there's some athlete athletic stuff, high school and in the past is that how you got into the entertaining side and, and rodeo side yeah, or kind of beginning yeah and i i do i was looking forward to this to come and not be driving the ship here and you know besides if we're talking about me it's my favorite subject and <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i was shut uh, up <laughs> um you know that is um this, this sport is really hard. I asked Cody Webster the other day, we were doing a Q and a for like an, we do these elite seat tours with the PBR and, and, and Scott and Jay, well, all three of you now as bullfighters, I, I asked and people always, there'll be a 38 year old overweight guy going, when is it too late to get into bullfighting? And I'll go, how old are you? 38. That's too late. You know? <laughs> I missed you, man. And, and so pe people always ask how we got into it. How would you ever get started? And, and so in front of the people, I turned to Cody Webster. I said, okay, honest, don't be diplomatic. Don't be diplomatic. A guy that grew up just, or not grew up, but has gone to bull riding, paid for a ticket, sat in the stands, 26 years old, didn't really grow up around rodeo, just watches what you do and say, I want to be a bullfighter. I said, what are the, the odds that he will become successful at it. And Cody Webster said zero. And I think Brett. that's, you know, I, we're in a real hard business here with uh, especially like mine with the knowledge of the sport, the timing, you know, I ne I didn't grow up watching rodeo from the bleachers or the seats. I grew up on the steps of the announcer stand looking behind everything. And I didn't really care. I just went with my dad. He was an announcer. My brother's a, announcer you guys know that but yep i grew up just watching behind the scenes i it, without even knowing it just assimilated watched them sort and stock ran a gate for the horses i didn't like doing it i didn't like any of it and sort and calves i'd get put to work in the timed event and and i was like afraid of be, getting kicked i was definitely afp but i mean just i was just i i was immersed in it and so yeah it, in high school and stuff i was football basketball track i was a three-sport guy oh. and pretty good i mean and the older i get the greater i used to be as we all do but um <laughs> well. but that was my thing but my combination was I was a all state football player and track guy, but I sang in the all state choir mm -hmm. and I starred in the school play and that, you know, so it's this weird come overlapping combination that not many kids have. And I was pretty good at all of it. And when I threw it all and mixed it all up and spit it out in the arena, it's great. I, you know, mm -hmm. it's been this niche thing of this style that when I was about 27, 28, I really started to develop it. And I worked the NFR at age 30 and it was just this new music, you know, music was really getting, getting into rodeos and bull riding. And I just took this style and ran with it. And I figured out oh, by the time I'm 40, I'll quit because somebody will come along that does it a little better 
and it'll knock me out or have some new thing. And, and honestly, I think I'm still doing it because I don't think that's happened. And that's not being an ass. That's not being cocky. I just feel, you know, I've had people say, man, you should, you know, dickheaded fans that think, you know, they'll go, you should retire. Uh, you know, you need to adapt your style. Well, I developed this style, you know, yeah. it's like, and I have actually told people, if you can run somebody in front of me that you think will do a better job week after week at the PBR, uh, really in, uh, associated with production and, and promotions and all of that and can seamlessly work into it, I'll step out. But I haven't seen it. Oh, don't don't worry. Sean will do that for you if you found somebody. <laughs> yeah. And, and no, obviously, yeah. And obviously he hasn't found any. But I will say this. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> we we were we were making the music in Butte and Helena, Montana in the mid-90s. You recall with the oh, piano? Yeah. Oh yeah. The, oh, the, the piano yeah. act. We were you do you know that uh <laughs> there was a kid that's grown now, but told me, ah, it was somebody real obvious, a rodeo guy, like somebody that's made it pretty big said, do you know, when I was a kid, I thought you were really playing that piano, <laughs> <laughs> but those were fun. Like, you know, rodeo and there's this thing that has gone around the last few years, the longer I've been out of rodeo, there's this thing that Flint never worked the barrel and he didn't have any clown acts. Well, they're still in a trailer behind my parents' house. I had the the Moodomatic that I turned into Elvis, you know, feel like yeah, a king. Yeah. The piano did the Lord of the Dance act with the dressing room. Yeah. And Scott, you guys know, I'd walk a barrel in. I'd still, I'd still do it at Calgary if I still had a job there. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, hey, I have proven, I have proven they can't have that some bitch without me. I, no, I told yeah. you. Uh, right. uh, but, you know, so it seemed like when I left, oh, great. We got another Flint Rasmus would come and no axe, no barrel. That's BS. Man, you know, and and I do watch young clowns, and they'll go, I don't have a, I don't have big clown acts because I walk and talk. I just out there, I'm like, well, you're not good at, that good at that either. Uh, Flint, I'm gonna what? step in and, and agree with you wholeheartedly here. I've I got the Cowboy Channel app, and I've been watching some of these winter rodeos, and I I'm well, just like, wow, let, the but, talent is. Yeah. It, I wouldn't even call it talent. Somebody would, is stealing money. As the well, that one guy's fucking money fish. that does that looks like Chris Farley and acts like Chris. Oh, just, okay. My my latest podcast, <laughs> my latest podcast is with Justin Rumford. Okay, and we cover we cover the the be careful what you wish for topic with rodeos. So the Cowboy Channel isn't really televising rodeos; they're taking the in arena feed yeah, and whatever's sure. playing on the big screen. Yeah. So I give those guys, I defend them in that more often than not, there's no camera on them. We, as someone watching TV, cannot see what they're seeing in the crowd. You can't hear the crowd's reaction. It doesn't translate. It, do, it doesn't translate to TV because, and they're, it's affecting their jobs. A lot of them committees are like, well, you weren't that good at wherever. So we might get somebody else, you know, they're, well, it's an arena feed. So, yeah, I mean, but, and, and the guy that talks about it is Justin Rumford because he has so many good rodeos. They're all on the Cowboy Channel. Yeah, so everybody's yeah. seeing them. I experienced that with uh, right now. Like we had budget cuts. So the, the ride pass, our streaming network is just the arena feed. 
And I go through that a little. Oh, when are you going to change up the music? Why you do this? Well, so suddenly people are discovering that George Strait doesn't sing different songs at every concert every night. You know, we there are things that you get in a pattern of doing. It's just what we do. I don't sing the exact same songs in the same spot every night, but but it is there's a pattern. So if you're watching it streaming and you see it every week, pretty soon you start bitching about the guy. But we're not there for you. We're there for the people that live. The live, Flint, the um, live show. For ex- yeah. yeah. For example, Flint, uh, I was with, with you at Calgary for a number of years, and we mm-hmm. did a lot of those acts up on the main stage, the piano. Yeah. And was it kind of your choice that those acts went away and you walked and talked, or is that the way that Calgary wanted to segue? Yeah, that was a transition in the production of, uh, I, I think, now, uh, Calgary is a different, different example because it's real... They've really sped up the show. When I first went back in the late nineties, it was three hours long, but with the way they transitioned to into a more modern production using the big screen, they just phased that out. And I was okay with that. I mean, a place like Calgary, it was really hard to do those acts like on stage and have everybody's attention. A couple mm-hmm. of them worked really good. The little piano worked good. And, but we did, we didn't do them out in the arena, like a normal rodeo. We did them on the stage. It was, yeah. Remember, and I'd have to have you guys come over and, and help me. But luckily, I had the kind of acts that kind of work on that stage. And that was, uh, that was, that is a very, is, you know, you bring up Calgary. So I'll say that, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. a hard, that, that's the hardest place I've ever worked. I mean, not worked hard, but difficult. You got so many factors. The, the crowd is, <clears throat> the main grandstand holds 16,000 people, 17,000 yeah, people spread out it's over way, 10 acres. And they're not right to the fence. I mean, they're way out. Yeah. There. Yeah. Half a uh, two thirds of them are, are, are tourists from somewhere yeah. overseas. So what, what you got to do is. But you have to educate while you entertain. And it's such a hard it's really, it's hard and it's huge. So it's, I know I'm giggling to you. Um, I don't know. It's difficult. And, and, and listen, I, <laughs> what a day. Look at Tanner just completely going across the line on it. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, baby. That's anyway. a quote. End quote. <laughs> Why do you call it the China virus? Because it came from China. China. <laughs> yeah. but what about the rodeo anyway, days like your the the calgary's yeah. and and before you were the exclusive entertainer for the pbr you you did the, like rumford was talking i went to all the big rodeos um and did the acts and and what's the difference do you find within with moving to the pbr from the rodeo stuff and do you obviously lots of people probably like that slower pace maybe of the rodeo but what are your memories from from rodeo compared to now oh i, I for one i used to have people come and go do you, do you like working for the PBR better than you liked working for the PRCA? And I say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I never worked for the PRCA ever. I never got a check from the PRCA. I worked for Calgary and Pendleton and Ellensburg and Reno. And that's who I worked for. Even the NFR, it came from Las Vegas events, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's a huge difference. Tanner is I worked for the PBR and PBR produces the shows and it's more like a concert tour. When I, when I show up, you know, in Billings or Omaha or Oklahoma city, it's the exact same arena every single week. Now, some people don't like that, that, that like rodeoing. Oh, I don't, I like the change it up, finding a place to park. And, 
Um, I've gotten they, where they I probably what? they probably couldn't make it to the PBR, and that's just that's why that's the excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I show up. I mean, how can I show up and the the barrels with no padding in them, so I know I don't have to get in them are up against the fence. They hand me a microphone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, uh, I loved my rodeo career, but there was a point I remember it was that that last year was Oh five and PBR Randy Bernard had made me this offer to come to the PBR. And it really, my decision, a lot of people think it was financial decision, the money. And that wasn't, that really wasn't it. I was doing okay. Rodeo. And, I just didn't know what else I could do rodeo. Like I, I felt okay. like I did all the, all the good rodeos and I'm kind of the guy, I just felt like it was, had plateaued a little and still loved them. And, but I was a little burned out. Um, the last summer, 2005 that I rodeoed the month of July, I did 26 rodeo performances mm. and man, my back hurt and my legs hurt. And the style I was doing, it was just, well, I know, and, I know like, how grumpy you are on day eight. Oh, I didn't see you on day 24. Oh, remember, hey, Scott, remember when I came in, it was like, it was even hot for, I mean, it wasn't Canada hot. It was freaking hot. Yeah. And, you know, in Canada, it gets 82 degrees. Oh, you're handling the heat, okay? Shut up. It's good. But I remember I come in and, and, uh, they have now don't let them do this, but I came in to that underneath the grandstand and I go to the cooler that's full of Gatorade. And I went, and I'm tipping it, nothing in the cooler. And I look over at all the couches and all the steer riders, there's like 12 of them have full glasses of Gatorade. And I said, <laughs> oh, excuse me. Cause I know we're online yeah, here. Yeah, I said, I said, you little fuckers get enough to drink. And I kicked the cooler across the deal and walked out the door. And the next year, the next year, they were down the hall. They, oh, that's good. They weren't allowed anywhere near it. So the end of that story is we're in our dressing room. The bullfighter's already down there. And Flint comes walking down the hall, pretty much kicks the door open on the dressing room, takes his new sundog glasses Damn off. It. And I mean, whips oh, no. them across the room. And but no one knows he's just chewed out the 12 year olds. I did. I will admit about day days. It really hit me about day six. And then I'd chill out by the end and I'd get grouchy. But yeah. It was I, fuck, you, fuck you Thursdays. That's Everybody right. was, it was. Yeah. yeah. It was like, and that fuck was you. Fuck you. And fuck you. And that was day seven. It was yeah. fuck you Thursday. That's yeah. true. Good job, Scotty. Yeah, yeah. it was and we all kind of had it and there was different elements of the show that i didn't always agree with and you know i get frustrated kind of not with the people putting it on but just you know you just it, it calgary was hard on me physically too toward in the last few years but anyway um but rodeo just had a different feel and some people never want to leave that mm -hmm. but I always wanted it when I was a little kid, I wanted to be like a, a music star, like tour and put on concerts. And I think PBR is just closer to that. Yeah. Oh, uh, to my 100, 100%. ultimate goal. And so uh, rock and roll. Man. I don't know. It's um mainstream. It, it's more mainstream. A little a, bit. Yeah. Um, and you have a lot of like, you're not just 
the entertainer out there you're working with the pbr as well on like the production of it as well intros and different shit like that right so you get more out of yeah. it i feel like that probably took a few years to get into that but with what you're, you're doing right. now you can kind of help with with how you want it to go right that probably makes it a little bit better yeah and 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 i am we're kind of all the production team you know on the main tour and that kind of and i don't mean to keep bringing up calgary i just know we were all there well but, i was going there ground. i was going yeah, there yeah. <laughs> well i was because you and i sat in a lot of those meetings yeah. together yeah and it and, doesn't matter what you say and, and it, in the last few years it was just automatic kind of habit for me like we'd be talking through the show hey should we run these flags here now where should we do that and i just go hey you know we gotta if you do run these flags here then you can this 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 and i'd look down the long table and they're all looking at me like who the fuck asked you like yeah, you know there was yeah. this look and it was just kind of automatic because that's my job in the pbr in pbr everybody would go good idea flint you know flint's right let's uh da, 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 da. but that wasn't uh, no. always the case like wayne and bob wayne Very. brooks would look at me like hey you might want to pipe her down there you know? because yeah. they're like this is your rodeo we'll do whatever you want and that's okay yeah you I might figured... want to you might want to pipe her down and uh will lowe's wife is sitting in seat six <laughs> four, three. uh and those dear friends everybody and and i want to uh, i want to make it very clear that the fact i'm not going to calgary anymore it's not a hard feeling thing that's that's a business decision that transition. I think in rodeo, especially with rodeo announcers, when a rodeo makes a change, it's like freaking somebody gets assassinated. It's like, oh, did you hear? Did you hear Cheyenne changed announcers? What? What happened? I mean, when that happened to me, I'm getting, hey, we're going to get to the bottom of this, Flint, and see what's going on. I'm like, what? They told me they're making a change. Keenan and I are friends. We're all, what? what do you want me to do? It's, you know, if y'all want to keep your job forever and everybody make the same amount of money, go be a freaking school teacher. You know, you got, you got to admit, you're going to miss the meals at the tent though, a little bit. That's that's what I miss the most. I'm in catering the other day at Nampa, Idaho. We get catering before, you know, that's the other thing we get meals three hours before. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) You know, so I go, we're in Nampa and they have a big plate of cookies, like three different kinds. And we're at the table eating. Richard Jones is there and me. And so there's no cookies left. So, <laughs> oh, so I go and I get a napkin and I put like six cookies and I put it in the middle of the table. Oh, geez, Flint, did you get enough cookies? I'm like, no, this is, this is for the table. See, hey. cause, cause Jason Davidson always made me get the dessert because the calories didn't count. I got the plate of desserts. Nobody true story. Knew. Always. That's Flint true. Always bring the, yeah. 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 We, we were always the first two in there usually as well. Always. Cause we, we, we would stumble from the, from the production meeting, which I believe was at 1030. And usually yeah. the tent didn't open till 1130, but yeah. we could be there by 11, you know? So we got we first dibs on everything. Yeah. yeah. Sit in a table on a table. Yeah. And- tap our, tap our toes and our fingers looking at the yeah. caterers. Oh, you know? what's today. Oh, it's yeah. shitty pizza day. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, hey, that's something you guys have shitty pizza up there. It's terrible. Uh, there oh, sorry. it was. It's no sorry. Chicago. No Chicago. Deep no. Dish. <laughs> yeah, Flint, anyway, I was going to say, it was probably, you were probably piped up in one of those fucking meetings and confused everybody on the intros. And that's when Marrington got ran over by the horse that time. That, oh, <laughs> he shit. ran out. Remember when the flag girl, was that when the yeah, flag she girl? Got bucked off. She and got bucked ran. off, and Keith was running out to help her. And then oh, that horse, God. empty, empty. 
just oh, that know, poor sucker. Of- yeah, that yeah. was uh, that was bad. Yeah, yeah that might have been one of the hardest I've seen a human ever get hit in front of my like live. Oh fuck, I think so too. What, yeah. What's the anyway. FR experience like? That's a lot different, I guess, than normal rodeos. I hear a lot of people talk about that, where the entertainer, the clown, really doesn't get to have any freedom at all. Is that is that the case? Yeah. Well, um, I was there. Flint, I was Jason, there the year. We Jason was the alternate bullfighter. That year. was so the year. He's never brought that up on this podcast. I've never heard. Oh, really? I've no, never heard really? Oh, gold I, LT, kiss my ass. <laughs> first time. First time. First time. I was, first time. But I was <laughs> the year. The year Flint got out of the barrel was the year I was there. You, that, I remember because you would you would get your foot out and you would put your you're watching Mr. Davis and you're trying to put your toe in the dirt. Yeah, it was. It was uh, okay. like the whole what's crowd the was story? into it. Yeah, to, um, Tanner, to to, to kind of you know clarify, when, the first year I got in 1998, which I was 30 years old, never thought I'd get the NFR. I mean, just wasn't real. It was something I grew up watching as a little kid on TV. You know, I get my contract, and it says the uh, the barrel man will stay in the locker room until the start of the barrel racing. I mean, it told us when we could leave the locker room. Uh, till the start of the barrel racing. That was the event before the bull riding. Then you can come down the tunnel. You get in your barrel during the bull riding. If you step out of the barrel, you will be fined $250. Damn. If you, I mean, all of these things. So the first performance of my first NFR, I am not petrified, just like, like this. Did you have the, (laughs) did you have the live band there that year, Flint? No, we had music. It had started music then. Um, but to tell you the pressure of that tunnel going down that arena and Joe Bumgarner, who did the NFR 15 times or whatever, every time he went down that tunnel, he puked at the bottom of that tunnel. They finally oh. put a garbage can there. That's Joe Bumgarner. <laughs> yeah. There is something about the Thomas and Mac at the bottom of that little tunnel that it's amazing. And the first performance I knew where my mom and dad were sitting, they introduced me and the man in the barrel I was afraid to tip my hat. Like I did like Flint Rasmussen, everybody. And I, I'll never forget. I was chewing gum. Cause I knew I couldn't talk and first performance ever. NFR mom and dad are there. I meet them back out at the gold coast or whatever. And my mom goes, how was your gum? That was what my mom said. <laughs> I've never chewed gum in the arena since like, oh. um, but as the years went, I'm the only, I'm the only clown to wear a microphone at the NFR. I was going to ask you that. Did yeah. you did they My, even put a microphone on? The, the last yeah. couple of years, I had a microphone in case something happened. And Sean Davis, he he would say in the meetings, he'd go, "If there's a re-ride and it looks like there's a dead spot," he said, "Look over at me. If I'm doing this, no, just stay in the barrel. But if I do this, you can step out and we'll play music or get the crowd going." The second to the, I think the last year I was there. Well, then it got to be a joke and he had a big plywood cut out of a thumb and he'd point it down just to mess with me. We had a good relationship. And by the last year, the last year, the first production meeting we went to, and I couldn't believe it. He said, uh, we'll put a microphone on you and Flint, um, you're the best one at this. Use your judgment, whatever you think is best. Nice. And I used to get out and kind of work the crowd a little if there was a holdup or whatever, I mean, I wasn't out wandering around, but I mean, and that's a trust thing. You know, he trusted that 
that I would do that. But what's funny is now every clown or barrel man after me, the dancing thing, you know, that was just, that wasn't by design. That was just what I always did. I'm a dancer. I, I'm a dancer as I'm Ty Murray on dance. I'm a, I'm a fucking dancer. I'm a dancer. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but so that was just what I did. I was a good at it. Every clown since then, they're like, okay, when the bull riding starts, get out and dance. Well, that's not what those guys do, you know, right, but yeah. they, yeah. so I yeah, don't know. They but, just think because they're the entertainer that they should be able to do what was done before. Yeah. And that just certainly isn't the case. Right. Yeah. Right. And segue to that, Flint. So you talk about your, your acting stuff in high school and athletics and stuff, but uh, lots of those guys now, young clowns or entertainers want to do your style and are trying to do the dancing and all that. What, who was somebody that you looked up to, uh, yeah. to kind of base your, your style off of it growing up? I didn't, I didn't have any rodeo clowns that were what I looked to, to entertain the guy, a guy that helped me Lloyd Ketchum helped me the most in pointing me the right direction. Um, and helped me in Montana and told me what to do. This is how you go about it. You, he encouraged me like, Hey, you're good enough now, you know, but a guy who I thought was really cool at physical comedy and his mannerisms was Butch Lemkuler. I thought he was cool. And I saw him a few times. He also set the example for me. I remember watching him do his trampoline act. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. see Butch's background was he was a diver, like a, on a college diving team. So when he did the, there's people now have, have tried to do the trampoline act where they bounce up and down, but no, what made the trampoline act amazing was Butch Lemguler was a professional. He yeah, could he do a double back up. flip and twists and cause he was a diver. So that inspired me to go, okay, wait a second. Don't overthink this. And I tell young guys, this, don't overthink it. What is your talent? Butch Lemguler took his talent and made it funny and made a clown act. You know, it's the old, uh, one hung low or whatever the guy didn't show up to do the trampoline. So I'll do it for him. Keith Isley has taken it and John Harrison with trick riding. Oh, he's not here. Sure. On the bike. Exactly. So I, yep. I said, what do I do? I, I don't know. I dance. I love music. So I made acts out of it, the piano and the Elvis and the, so that's kind of what inspired me. But as far as entertainers, um, Early 90s, I remember watching the very first Garth Brooks special on NBC and went, holy shit. Like, mm -hmm. that guy knows how to take a crowd and just uh, just make every one of them feel special. And then stand-up comedians. Howie Mandel was my, my favorite stand-up comedian. That's where I stole the boneless chicken. I stole oh, the boneless shit. chicken. Yeah. I didn't know that was Howie. Howie well, Mandel. Just robbing us Canadians I know. blind. I know. <laughs> He was very, and I'll tell you why I liked him. And I, this, I'm not a very good writer. Like I don't write material, but I play off, you know, Hey, what's your name? Where are you from? That was Howie Mandel. He used to do that in the crowd. He'd go, Hey, what's your name? John. <laughs> I piss in you. Like the John, <laughs> <laughs> where are you from? What do you do? Where he, I remember, never forget. What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? I've asked you three fucking times. What's your name? He was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I got the, okay, wait a second just talk to people, just talk to them. And yep. then they'll, they'll give you something if you listen, you know? And that's why sometimes Scott knows this. Sometimes I'm quiet after a show. Like we'll sit there and have a beer because your mind is doing this all the time. 
So when the buzzer rings at the end of the game and we go in the locker room, it just kind of goes back in. It's like, I don't want, I don't want to think anymore. Like, yeah. and, but spent. when it's your spent. But, so what you want to do is hang out with your pals. Have a nice you know, sit in the locker room and Ed comes in, you come in and we have a, a cold beer and talk about the day. And yeah. then we go home alone. And so yeah. Super eight, super eight on the south end of town. Super eight. Gather around the one lonely fan in the dress room that's blowing back and forth because it's so fucking hot down there. Uh, Anyway, that's kind of the background of what I took and went with a little bit in the entertainment part of. I mean, there is a, there was a structure to all that and kind of a, a a direction I wanted to go and some inspiration there. Anyway. So I guess really you didn't know your last NFR was your last NFR. That transition would have happened leading into the next year or. or? No, it, I, I did know. Um, oh, you did. I made that decision early in the summer of 05 and I really was stressed about it. I had to go to every committee and say, listen, I, we have a three-year deal here, but I, I can't do it. it. Like I was burnt out and my kids were getting older. And, and if you, and I tell guys this all the time, that if you handle business the right way, you won't burn bridges. And I see guys now, I hear stories all the time. Well, I was supposed to go to, to a little podunk rodeo, but geez, Cheyenne called. So I sent this guy and I went to Cheyenne. The first two years I went to Cheyenne, I did the first five days of Cheyenne and went to Deadwood the last four because I had a deal at Deadwood. Mm-hmm. And somebody else came in and did the last four. I don't agree with that. Like I sent such and such to that rodeo. Wait a second. That rodeo hired me because they want me. So that if, if you can send someone else and those fans and that committee doesn't care, then you're not doing a good enough job. They should care. They should be pissed or be disappointed. That's, you know, and I never, ever did that. I always honored everything I did. And so when it came time to make that decision, Flint, we respect it, you know, so at the NFR, I did, as a matter of fact, I was getting like the last performance of the NFR, one of the last, I had a microphone and they had a rewrite or something. And I'm out there just getting it in the arena and I'm being a smart ass with somebody in the arena. I said, and I said on my mic, I know I should probably get back in my barrel, but what are they going to do? Fire me. <laughs> it was like the line of the year. So, yeah. So I did know that. Um, and that was hard, but kind of. I don't know if you're confident, if you're happy with what you're going to at the time, it might've been hard, but in hindsight, I bet you have zero regrets. Yeah. And I didn't, even then it was like, all right, I'm happy with what I'm going to be doing. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. I've always kind of been that way. So roll through it. PBR side transitioning now. Um, Is it hard? Like I know for myself, like from when I came to when I left, the, the different faces that were in the locker room, it changed the dynamic of showing up to the arena every day. You've been there for 10 times as long as I was ever there. Is that, is that hard on you, just the, the, the different faces that you have to see and, and go with, or do you have more well, of the crew and stuff behind you, but rider-wise and, and different people yeah, like that? It, it, it is a little bit. Well, I mean, Frank Newsom's 107 years old, so I'm good there. <laughs> The good thing is compared to when I started and and this is not a slam necessarily on these guys, but I'll never forget sitting in the locker room in the old Albuquerque tingly Coliseum 
the shitty old locker room, the roof leaked. And the three bullfighters I was sitting in there were with were Rob Smets, Roach Hedeman, and Jimmy Anderson. Mm-hmm. And then there was me. And I was like 27 years, six, 27 years old. And they didn't like me. I'm this new guy that the PBA, you know, it was kind of independent hiring at that time. The guy who hired me is whose place I'm in, David Allen. Uh, and they didn't like me. And they didn't talk to me. I sat there by myself and I said, what the hell am I doing? Like, it's way more fun now than then. So, you know, Rob Smets admits, I didn't like it at first, but Rob Smets and I became very close. Jimmy and Roach were at the end of their bullfighting career and it didn't matter if they liked me or not. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but so the atmosphere and then Joe Bumgarner and I were very close, you know, and then Joe retired, but look what we have now, the guys that rotate in and out of there. It's, you know, Lucas Teodoro's a new guy, Brazilian guy. He just sits in the corner and giggles. He's awesome. Cody Webster, Frank Newsom, Jesse, um, Shorty. I mean, talk about a great dynamic of guys. And then the announcers come in and change in there and Richard or Brad Narducci doing the music come in there. It is, it's great. Um, fans will ask me about riders what's such and such do you have which riders do you hang out with after the show i'm like they're 23 like yeah. i'm not hanging out with them they'll want to date my daughter or something you know so i i i went from a lot of the riders back in the day i was good friends with with michael gaffney and ross coleman and justin mcbride and tater porter luke snyder we were friends but every year i'm getting farther you know, I, I'm more like walking the rider locker room and it's more like I'm kind of their uncle, like Jess Lockwood, when he came on the scene, it was like, all right, man, Hey, just, you know, do your thing. It's all right, man. Uh, it's great to be in the arena with you, Flint, you know? And so, Hey, just do your thing. Do you know? So I'm close with them, but it's not, we're not like going out to clubbing or honky tonking with the boys, you know? So, um, but it is, I've been through about four or five kind of bull riding generations, Tanner, to answer yeah. your question. And, and you know, everybody always, although oh, the ones back then were way better and they, they, they say that, well, for one, you weren't riding these bulls. And so every generation has the great ones and you know them when you see them, you know? So it's, it's been, uh, someday I'll look back on all this and realize, wow, I got to watch Tough Edeman and Jim Sharp. And I got to watch Justin McBride and I watched, got to watch Chris Shivers and JB Mooney and Jose Vitor Lemmy and Cooper Davis and Jess Lockwood. Holy shit. Like mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, that's a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. You know, someday it'll probably dawn on me more. Who's so the best. It's pretty cool. Who's the best you've seen. Uh, that's a, the common, like I asked that a lot, you know, who's the best yeah. writer you've ever seen. You know, I asked JB Mooney that, did you ask him that? Did you uh, ask yeah, JB Mooney what who the best I think he said Jim Sharp. You know what he told me? Pretty sure. He, he told me Brian, Brian Cantor. Yeah. Was the best he saw, not necessarily over a long career, but best he saw in a moment. Yeah. Jim, Brian Cantor. Jim Sharp's name's come up probably three times with our guests. And, Jim and Sharp, you know, yeah. Surprised me was Douglas Duncan didn't say Jim Sharp because I really thought Doug rode just yeah. perfect like Jim Sharp did. And it, when Doug was on, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jim Sharp's the common answer amongst bull riders. Fans always just want to latch on Lane Frost and such. It's a, you know, yeah. Jim Sharp's the common answer. My, in my career, 
And I don't know if it's the moments he put himself in and the way he treated me as a friend and the kind of guy I knew who he was. The greatest bull rider I've seen in my career was Justin McBride. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a better one. Yeah. Greatest bull rider, greatest bull rider that never won anything. That's a good one. Um, and there's two. I think there's two of them from your state, personally. Clint Bronger and yeah, Scott and Scott Bredding. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is exactly. that your two? Yeah. Clint, Clint Bronger comes up a lot in that category. Yeah. He, he comes up a lot. And I remember I was at in the very top level, wasn't very old, the year he just had to ride his last bull to be the world champion. And he did. No shit. And, yeah. So his name, his name comes up a lot. Um, Scott is just a great guy and he, great when he was on. Holy crap. So good. But Clint Bronger's one, that's one that I think of a lot. You know, uh, maybe we think PBR. Greatest bull rider in the PBR. How about that? To never win a PBR world type. Well, uh, you go, if you want to go, I'll, I got mine. Oof. Yeah, you go. What do you got? Yeah. Robson, Robson Palermo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He won well, the world fuck, finals three times. There's a lot of them. There's so many of them. There's so many there's good so bull riders, you know, that yeah. go on it every any year if there was, you know, maybe stayed healthier. There's so many different attributes to win a, a world title in the PRCA as well and in the PBR. It's it, that's why it is such a huge fucking deal when somebody is yeah. a world champion. Cause yeah, a lot of yeah. things got to line. A lot of things got to go right. Yeah. PBR, PBR is kind of a war of attrition. Like the key, hey, do uh, the uh, hands down to me right now, visually, no doubt, no matter what the rankings are and uh, people go, oh, what about this guy? No, right now, visually, the best bull rider in the world is Jose Vitor Lemming. But what is uh, Tanner? What has to happen for him to win a world title? He's got to stay healthy. Yeah, 100%. That's it. Yeah, that's the deal. We talked about this. It's, It's like that every year, but. If, if all these guys could stay healthy and have a race, how fucking awesome would it be? Yeah. Um, Cooper, Jess, Jose, Kaike, those guys just be totally throwing, healthy. Throwing Chase Outlaw in there, yeah, too, yeah, in the exactly. last couple of years. And yeah. uh, and yeah. Kaike Pacheco and Joao Triplet. Ricardo Vieta. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's nuts. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. And that's part of the deal. Football is the same way. Hockey's probably the same way. So. Your experiences within the PBR, outside of the arena as well, you you – you're an entertainer, so you have to show up to the arena and put on a show every time. There has to be days when you do not want to fucking do that. When you do what? not want to be the <laughs> okay. so, uh, you know? Shut, our, listen, all I, of our I'll podcast be listeners better tune into YouTube and take a look at that face. <laughs> up like this, Let me, I'd, compl- I'd me. be completely honest with you. Every time I show up that arena, I'm the happiest motherfucker there. <laughs> Uh, um, the hardest thing I've ever done in my life have been through, I feel like I can go do anything. Now, hardest thing I've ever done is go through extremely difficult personal issues with my family, going through a divorce, um, dealing with my kids through all that and showing up to the arena and being the happiest guy in the room. It, Uh, it exhausted me. It was and there was a part of me that during those times, I felt like I did better than I ever did because every bit of energy, I did this and yeah. just put it all into that arena for two and a half hours. And I go in the locker room and there was times the tears would just roll down my face because it was well, just awful. That, I mean, around you and a lot of that was going on and, and it was out in the arena. You never missed a beat. 
But when you got in that dressing room, you could tell the air would come out and you'd be, uh, you'd be beat. You'd be, yeah. you know, it was. And, uh, and, it, and then you walk that line of you, you wish people knew that a little bit, but they're not supposed to know that. But right. then they'd see you in the hotel room, come here and have a beer with us. But no, I'm going to my room. Oh, too good for us. No, I got to go call my kids and I got to go handle things, you know? And I'd yeah. kind of be, it, it's frustrating because it's the old thing. People think they know you, you know, yeah. um, and they're just a lot going on. And that, I went through that a long time and there's still days I'm going through it. You know, it was awful. And that biggest regret of my life is I let, it, it's my fault, but one of the fallout things from this career and traveling and being in those situations is it cost me my family unit. And the one thing that was really, you know, that meant so much to me. And that well, what my you come fault, home to, you know, yeah, it's what you come home to. And then, it, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, not to be a downer, but that's reality. You no, guys, it's real. that's every one of you guys, you. Yeah. every one of you guys knows that I've Scott, Jason, yeah. uh, we've talked Scott it. and I, I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about it, probably Scott more just because we are in the locker room so much, but you know that I'd sit yeah. there after a well, show. And, I, and, just like, and I've told you Flint, you know, there's a million reasons that rock that's to my right, you know, she, she shouldn't have stuck around a lot of times, you know, so. I get to hear her voice. Scott. Yeah. Scott. Yeah. Scott. Oh. Yeah. Scott. Oh. Yeah. Dart. Yeah. Dart heater. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, not to bring down the mood, but that's reality. We can, sure. we can do all of this and tell stories all we want. That's a small part of this profession. There's a lot of this profession that's sitting behind a steering wheel, that's sitting in an airplane, that's trying to make phone calls home, that's trying to do the right things. That doesn't always happen. So that's a reality of hockey players, football players, rodeo guys, all of it. It's, uh, it's sure. you know, it's part of, you know, a concert guys, musicians, all of it. So I don't know if it gets talked about all that much, but that's just reality. No, well, we've, uh, we've, yeah. we've, yeah, we've touched on that too. We, people got to realize we're going to every town to a party, to the town's party, to the I, city's party. And, uh, hell yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always said that every town you go to, it's the biggest event of the year. Sure. And yeah. they want you to partake. Now I don't, it, I'm like, uh, I'm good, you know, but it is, it's just the whole atmosphere of free for all, you know, mm -hmm. and they, but yeah, that's a hard thing. And it gets to be stimulation all the time. So sometimes my, my kids used to joke with me that, uh, Hey dad, the world gets the happy you, we get the grouchy you. Well, not grouchy. Mm. I'm just tired. Come down from that. And sometimes it is you're home and two days in, you're like, what the hell am I going to do now? Like you come off of that. Yeah. yeah. What do you go? You know, you're in Calgary in front of 23,000 people and go home to Shoto, Montana. And yeah, your family's wonderful, but it's a, you start doing this. Uh, you know, ready to go so yeah well we could have just all followed in tj baird's footsteps and just stayed in that town until we had to get to the next one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. drank some transmission fluid and called it good <laughs> uh, oh, tj he went to cal or he went to uh, cheyenne with me that year from calgary they still i think they uh, still talk about it oh don't my they? god he would just uh <laughs> He'd, he'd roll in and we'd get up at 8 a.m., go be in the parade. No big deal. Let's go again. You know, he was great. Yeah. Uh, cool. Is he still okay. alive? What's he doing? Yeah. Is he still alive? Yeah. He's probably yeah, listening. He... To, does he listen to this, you think? 
I don't know. Hopefully. I haven't talked to him for a few months. He usually calls when he's boozing, which I used to get that call <laughs> once a week, but I haven't talked uh, to him in a little while. He, he always called me Flinch. Hey, Flinch. <laughs> hey, what are you doing, Flinch? Uh, yeah. Uh, Flint, I'm glad that you did bring that stuff up, though, that the, the seriousness of, of the sports. I think that's going to resonate with a lot of our listeners that either they have been through that in their lives and, and maybe feel guilty about it and think that they're alone and they're the only ones that felt like that. But that happens to every single one of us in this business, in the entertainment business, as egotistical as it is when you when you come down from that that big high of, of everybody loving you and and watching you and cheering you on that that makes you you know come down quite a bit so people will resonate with that as well as people that maybe don't know you that only see you in the arena they realize holy fuck this guy is a real human being he's not just uh, on autopilot and that's not how he is all the time you hear that a lot with comedians as well right 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 funniest guys on stage and then it's there you know well, you got to come down at some right point. and then if you're serious you're not grouchy you're just serious like like i am here it's just talking then they yeah. think you're an asshole like mm -hmm. no i'm just not on you know yeah. so yeah and I, I remember 12 years ago i had a heart attack <clears throat> bad heart attack. 12 years ago already 12 been 12 serious years yeah. a heart attack. and um and people were like what caused it you know i don't i don't know i had blockages in my heart well what caused it and i finally started telling like i was high anxiety like i'd lay awake all night and sweat with stress and i'd stress about what, what's going to, if something happens to me, what's going to happen to my girls? Like, are we going to be broke? Are we going to, it just, I was irrational. It was form of depression really, mm -hmm. which I've kind of fixed. And, but the big answer was always people go, I'd say a lot of stress and anxiety didn't help. What the hell do you have to be stressed about? Screw yeah. you, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. This is all. Yeah. Sorry. I'm my, my fault. You know, that's the worst <laughs> yeah. thing you can say to somebody that's yeah. kind of going through that, but I'll never forget that. What do you have to be stressed about? Like, uh, do you want here? I'll make a list and bring it to you tomorrow. <laughs> I'll lay awake all night and make a list. Yeah, we do it. We good. do in this, in this profession, whether it's bullfighting or whatever, we do set ourselves up for that though, as well uh, in the way that we are. Yeah. I'm doing stuff I love to do. So people automatically think that, it is a rose garden, right? right? They don't they don't see this stuff once everything quiets down and, and life yeah. is real. So get but back, to the, get back yeah. to the fifth wheel and yeah, yeah, Mama Rags just not happy with Scott. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> she's she's always like, "Where's Flint? He was supposed to motorboat me today." <laughs> uh, you know, uh, um, in in that vein of kind of what we're doing. But what a, if anything came out of this last year, it's doing stuff like this. Like mm -hmm. these guys, Dave and Logan and Bo kind of pushed me towards doing podcasts and interviews and live things. And it's an outlet. Like what we're talking about right now, no one in our careers, generations before this ever talked about this. No, Never. It just was right. all, nobody knew anything about all this. So yeah, yeah it's, you know, we're all probably feeling the same way, but just, Nobody was going to fucking say that or be the first one to say that. Right, like, right. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Everybody has their own Cody Lambert story of the first time that they met him or a, a run-in that they might have had with him. Do you have a good Cody Lambert experience for us? Because you've probably seen him a lot more than everybody. You're, you're stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> fucking stupid. Uh, I, <laughs> stupid. Um. I've never been chewed out by Cody Lamp a little bit, 
in oh promotion stuff where um we're doing a promotion and he'll just send a bull rider you know it's like obviously i haven't shot the wrangler stress balls out of the gun yet don't send the next bull rider for you know i don't care if tv's back like i'd go up and go hey damn it we're doing this i'll tell you what and he'd chew my ass and then i'd come back like one bull later you were right <laughs> like <laughs> i got you so i've never i've never had i know what cody lambert is i i know he's got a really good heart and stuff so <clears throat> yeah oh, that's cool but i've seen him i've seen him walk the length of an arena which isn't all that far in the pbr in calgary that'd be saying something or pendleton yeah. but he walk all the way down to the end where the announcers are and call him stupid just don't don't say that you can't say that da, 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 da. he used to do it to brandon bates awful brandon bates took so many ass chewings from cody lambert <laughs> oh what, what are you talking about quit because he'd analyze a ride or talk about a decision a guy made you've never been on a bull shut up you're stupid you know just and then just walk back like <clears throat> so yeah uh, i've cool. i've always had a pretty good relationship with him but it, he, we always clash the only thing we clash about is he's about bucking bulls we're about a show and production and he doesn't through the years he's gotten better about it but he didn't always understand that we got to entertain people too so not the bull riding's not entertaining tanner but you know what i mean i know more to it production yeah. side production yeah. side yeah Okay, Flint, Scott has our infamous question for you here. <clears throat> Flint, uh, man, it's we've had a lot of a lot of good times and uh, it's sure good talking with you today again. And so this is the hashtag NFP podcast, and we're wondering what NFP means to you. So you guys explain to me what it is, right? I never really knew. It's I thought it was another heaven podcast, but that it's could be it. It's something different to everybody, man. Yeah. It's just a lifestyle, bro. Which which that's what somebody told me NFR one time, another fucking rodeo, but <laughs> so it's no pussies, right? Like no, no it. fucking pussies. <laughs> okay. I just wanted you to say, it. Um, you know, to me, that means, I think the biggest thing in the last year it's taught me is to not, it, it isn't about macho. It's not anything physical. It's about a mentality of not to be afraid of certain things. Like I've gotten where I'm not part of it just happened. I'm not afraid to talk about kind of my personal life, what I went through, hopefully someone else listening, you know? So I can't, I, I like, I like sad love songs. And <laughs> so, but, but the other thing is in the last year I've discovered, I have listened to people on the left down here in the U.S. say, well, yeah, rodeo people, Montana, Texas, that's full of a bunch of people who don't believe in COVID. They think it's a hoax. That's wrong. We just ain't F put FPs. Yeah. We're, what it's taught me is all of this is going to happen, but I am not, I refuse at 53 years old to live my entire life in fear. I believed in COVID. I just wasn't scared shitless to step out of my house and i got it. i caught it i caught it i had it in december so um i caught it at the nfr like a lot of people did but i wouldn't change a thing i did at the nfr and yes i understand all of this but i think in the bigger picture 
COVID excluded, that kind of set the tone. It, to me, it means living a life where you don't constantly cower at what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, don't be a dumbass and just go and end up in jail. But just like this stuff you guys are doing, I do. Step in front of a camera if that's what you're passionate about and do it. And ask questions you want to know and lay it out there. Don't be, I'm not going to run scared from COVID. I'm not, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing to me. And what I've, what I've learned about our society is how many people live like that. Like there's people that have not stepped out of their yard for a year. Dying ain't living, fellas. Dying ain't living. And I'm not going to sit around and die. And so I think that's the biggest thing it means to me. Ooh, well said. Well said. Hey, Mike but, but, but Scott, <laughs> I'll say this. It, I, my friends, Richard and all my friends have said in the last couple months, I, I've like told people off, like on the verge of getting in a fight. And I haven't been in a fight since sixth grade or grade six, as you'd say in Canada. <laughs> and so I'm like ready now. I'm ready. I'm like prime. To fight? To I'm, fight? Yeah, well, oh, like, yeah. I'm tired of people, man. <laughs> I'm like, right. don't mess with me. Like through all this too, it's the way social media is. I'm, I'm driving down the street in, in Billings, Montana, and it's lunch hour. It's like 1215. And uh, this car pulls up beside me and, or, and then passes me and flips me off out the window. Mm-hmm. And I just pull up next light, red light, mm-hmm. stop beside him. I roll mine down my window, which I'd have never done. It was high school kids on lunch break. And I roll down my window and he goes, oh, F you, man, fuck you. And they drive off. Chased them. Next light, red light, <laughs> beside him. Roll down the window. I said, hey, is it just your random day to flip off an old guy on the street or what? Fuck you, man. I said, listen, I'm going to get out of this car and I'm going to beat your punk ass. So knock it. They were gone. Like, <laughs> I would have never done that. But this last year, it's like, I'm not, because you know why? Kids don't have consequences because they hide behind a keyboard and they put that shit on social media and yeah, their friends might unfriend them. Getting your ass kicked served a purpose in society. Yeah. Like it. Plus it, not enough people get their ass kicked. Plus it fucking feels really good when you win. Yeah, especially like at the bottom of a tunnel or something. <laughs> right under the track that tunnel's not even there anymore they had to bury it because hey, scott burn it was his personal ufc octagon down there he shows up to fight bulls and his knuckles are all freaking bloody <laughs> i remember i remember after that was all done I, again we'll talk about you know your mindset oh my god i'm gonna lose my job at calgary because i beat the wheels off some guy at noon on a Wednesday for Christ's sakes, <laughs> run back up to the office to get Keith Merrington to say, Hey, this is what happened. He goes, so I'm like, okay, yeah. then Good enough. Canada, who cares? Yeah, gotta go. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, even so. fuck you Thursday. Guy Flint, yeah. uh, before we wrap up here, I need to know from you. Now this might be something that you have to think about a little bit. Cause you've been, you've been a part of so many big events so many great experiences what stands out for you through your pbr career as your greatest experience now that can be in the arena outside the arena maybe a promo deal that you did what comes to mind when i bring up the pbr to you greatest experience man that's tough because instantly i start there's images that just yeah um 
they're little thing. I think I'd probably just have to go with little things that flash in my mind. Like I remember the year we had 48,000 people at AT&T stadium in Arlington, Texas, biggest crowd I've ever performed in front of by far. Yeah. And I remember standing there going, how did this happen? Like, like how the hell did all this happen for, I grew up in a town of 1600 people, you know, yeah, and no on that, on that same line, uh, standing in the middle of Madison square garden, 15,000 people there in New York city playing the old harmonica to Billy Joel piano man. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. 15,000 people singing every word to piano man by Billy Joel. And you're fucking MSG. It's, it's yeah, another, that. it's another one of those yeah. in a line of things and the people I've got to meet and, you know, uh, so I think that's probably the greatest, but one thing that I really take with me, the greatest thing is my, I mean, best pals in the world, just like you guys. I mean, Scott, we Calgary, it was like every day. It was like hanging around my brothers, you know, yeah. and, and the people I know by first name, you know, people that I never musicians and stuff. I thought I'd never get to know. That's an honor, but it's those guys, Tanner and Jesse and Scott and, and Shorty and Richard. It just, I, I'm as close. It's the best friends I have in the world, you yeah. know, and that'll never end. Look at all these old bastard rodeo guys. They still have all their old buddies. You know, there's a bond <laughs> yeah. there's a bond because it all goes back to everything we go through together. Yeah. Bad personal stuff, good personal stuff, the birth of children, our kids accomplishing things, you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, you get to know that you get to know that family and that traveling group so good. Like you said, the ups and the downs. I know I don't talk to everybody every day, but yeah, they're thought of every day and yeah. situations that you're in. And I'm so glad that I got to be a part of this industry, meeting yeah. people I did too. And and there is a genuine concern in my heart, and you guys maybe Scott, you can relate to this, that when I quit, what will fill that? Right. Fuck, yeah. 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 I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know, especially yeah. right now, like with, with uh, COVID going on and stuff. There's up nothing. Here. Yeah. It's kind of like that for me and Scott, you went through it as well. Like, oh, yeah. Battle it fucking heavily. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. but it's kind of yeah. cool. Like you say, with your friendships and the, the people that, that you've met over the years and, and the beauty of social media and cell phones yeah. is that you can, you can still have those bonds and those, those talks with people, which a lot of people, once they finally start doing it, it helps them with that retirement side of it, knowing yeah. that there is people out there for you to reach out to and that you are for all, sure. Right. Yeah. For sure. In a sense. Yeah. So all of that, I mean, like you said, there's that in the arena, those in the arena moments, but then it's the big picture of what do we really accomplish here? You know, and it's all mm -hmm. of us doing this effortlessly with each other. Yeah. I mean, besides Jason, he just freaking laughed. You know? <laughs> but yeah. All right, Flint, man. We appreciate you uh coming on yeah, the podcast and we'll uh we'll be watching on Ride Pass and on CBS as much as we can. We don't really fucking get it up here in Canada, but uh <laughs> we definitely we definitely tune into Ride Pass and, um, and follow along with what you're up to and, and the whole crew down there. Just, so good to visit just, with you. Just remember, you three guys, of all the Canadians I know, you're three of them. So that's big. That's good. That's a good deal. I thought I thought he's gonna get all deep there, but apparently not. Apparently not. Yeah, now you guys are the best. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's good. Oh, good okay. chat with you, Flint. Okay, guys. Been Flint Rasmussen on the NFP podcast, presented by 3D Entertainment.
boy Shoot you from the floor to your fucking eyebrow, boy Two chains, name ringing like an android I think about money every time I brainstorm